All right, everybody, welcome back into the closet. We have a uh, good friend and fellow TikToker. Yeah, we have uh, John, or better known as the tattooed congressman from TikTok, joining us tonight. We met him on, I don't know which live it was, but we met him. We started watching his lives. We kind of all kicked it off. And uh, do you say it, John Gallagher? Gallagher. Close, though. Gallagher. I, I botched it. <laughs> I just know people by their TikTok names mostly. Yeah. I understand that completely. Yeah. I walk so around calling Jeff King Hefe. Yeah, King Hefe. And it's funny because we would have probably never met you if it wouldn't have been for, well, if it wouldn't have been for TikTok, one, but if it wouldn't have been for being on this um, stay put people order is what I like to call it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So, so you're absolutely right. And comically enough, it's, that's exactly how I got into TikTok. Um, I, social media was never really my thing. I, I mean, I did enjoy it. You know, my kids, you know, always interact with it. Snapchat's fun, you know, fun things to do with my wife and, you know, come and go. It was, it was interesting, but nothing that really grasped onto me. However, this TikTok really did a lot for me because it allowed me to express the way I am. And I'm a very obscure person. Um, uh, yeah, obscure is a good word. I'm extremely obscure. And so TikTok has allowed me to uh, just, you know, connect with other people who, who find humor in my obscurity or even more so than that, it gives me a, it gives me an outlet. You know what I mean? I, you know, without going into a lot of detail, um, you know, the history I come from it, this is TikTok's very good for me. It's healthy. Right. Um, being out there and being able to create this content and lay, being able to laugh with other people, interact with the people who, you know, or in which I would have never met before. It's, it's very fulfilling. Um, because the, the comical thing that my wife says about me is I care a lot about people to not like people. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. good. So, I, I feel the same way. We're, we're you know, similar in that way because social media for me was always kind of like work because she's like really natural at it. And for me, Instagram and Facebook, it's like all these people that you know, that you really know, most of them. And you're like, yeah, I work with them. It's like TikTok gave me an opportunity to be me. And then right. the people that don't want to see me, they don't, they don't follow me and it's cool. And it's usually not people that are going to judge me. They're just not on there as much. And if they are, they, they kind of keep quiet, but it, it's, but it's fun too. So I posted more videos on here in four months than I ever have in any other platform in my life. Right. And what, since 2008, I've been on Facebook. Right. And Instagram probably 2012, 2013. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, um yeah it's cool plus uh you get to put your work out there a little bit too like some of the things you create oh that's it that's true that's how i feel like that's the first time i heard like from you is when you said do you know you can i think we had a liquor bottle or something you, know, you said you know you can make stuff out of that or something i think that was the first Absolutely. thing that's, you, i think that's exactly what it was is that i was talking about um you know that, that you can recreate anything turn, turn trash in a treasure so. yeah and that's what you, you do some of that, don't you? I do actually. Um, honestly, I got into it. Uh, I have a very extensive background in sales management, retail management, you know, customer service, leadership management. Um, so I've done a lot of work for Home Depot, Lowe's, companies like that. And I established, you know, 
I just continued my carpentry growth, you know, my knowledge in, in the field, just it continued as I, as I sold for these companies. However, I thought, you know, I'm going to do it on my own. I mean, why am I making money for Home Depot? Why am I doing it for these guys if I have all the skill? So I went and did it and me and I started Cash Only's Corner and um, my wife, you know, supported me, helped that, you know, she helped push a lot of the material. We, uh, we pushed it out to a lot of friends and family and people who were, you know, mainly in need because the stuff I make isn't really all that expensive because it's all reclaimed product. Mm-hmm. And I found it. It's just a hobby. It's all oh, okay. You didn't really want to do it for your livelihood. No, I do love it, and I have a lot of passion for it. I enjoy working in a workshop. I enjoy all these things, but I don't like. I don't like having to create my own price point on something that I just want to give you to enjoy. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want to. Um, for example, this this was a struggle with me, and a big reason why it made it tough to continue it is. I would have people that I sold pieces to at a very extremely low price and almost to a point that it, I, I was paying to build it for them um, yeah. just because they were without and it's okay. I didn't mind doing that. But then at the same time, I would have to charge someone who could afford it, you know, for the exact same luxury item. And I got to a point where I'm like, well, I, you know, I can't be that. So maybe I better not do that. So I, I, I wanted to be someone on that median level. And since I could never find that balance, it was easy to just kind of make it a hobby. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That strikes a chord with me because I I do art, and she's talked to me about doing more of it, and you could sell it, and people are like sending me messages to do tattoos, or they'll pay me for this or for that, and I and I've noticed when I have entertained it or started to create something for somebody else, and it turns into work. It's one of those things that you, I enjoy it. I love it. I want to do it because it flows and it seems like sometimes when you throw in that element of i've got to now i've got to come up with prices now i've got to come up with selling more to make more money it just takes the fun out of it it kind of can take the fun out of it now if you can find a way to marry those two and 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 love what you do and make money out of it that's one thing but creating I, i mean the things you do to create and not have to worry about the outcome really you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't really have to worry about my art outcome because if somebody Absolutely. doesn't like it, that's fine with me. It's almost the process is what gives me the joy. Yeah. Right. Not even the final piece, but I mean, and I'd sell it if I could. Well, that, hey, look, you know, if it works, it works. So, yeah. Um, and that's something, you know, that's something that, that Tracy asked me a long time ago was, you know, when I was creating these pieces, I found that I was struggling to create these pieces for people and their, 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 you know, the, the image in their head didn't align with mine. And I would still, now, now granted, I would still create something very beautiful for them that they wanted, but to me, it, it, I still felt like I lost a piece of myself because I didn't give this piece of furniture exactly what I knew it could have had. I didn't give it the character and the, you know, in the, the, you know, the, the storyline behind it like it could have had. And sometimes, and that's, that's a big piece of why I've kind of, steered away from it is I don't I want to be able if I'm going to build it I want to be able to put everything I have into building it and make it look beautiful so uh, outside of that that I just there's didn't seem like there's a lot of passion for me to do it any other way yeah that makes sense well should, should we move into some uh some interesting stories yeah because sure. I I got on your live one day and I, I I had it was the first time I was on your live and I and your wife was there in the background and you all were talking and telling these stories. And I was laughing hysterically. It's like, Oh my gosh. And I was in the bathroom and she was like, Jeff, come here, come here. You got to hear this. They're as crazy as us. 
yeah, yeah if we, you, um, you guys are a lot, a lot like us, so I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, get, feel free to share any anything that you've shared on your live that you're comfortable sharing. Um, you know what I mean? There's honestly, it, it, me and Tracy both said if we had a Netflix special, then we'd probably both be in prison. Our kids would be gone. You know, um, <laughs> you know, we'd probably be rich. You know, with the rights would be amazing, but yeah i'd be doing all my time eating commissary fun you know i don't want to do that you know i'm gonna be in a exotic you know wilding out in prison somewhere um but we we have okay so a little background on on me and tracy so we come from two entirely different backgrounds um i come from i was actually born in midland however i was not raised in midland i come from uh from from the dfw area the metroplex so me coming from a bigger city, my ideology doesn't really align with the smaller towns. You know, I always, my expectations are always too high and stuff like that. So it's created some very interesting stories out here. Um, okay. some, in some in particular, some of the worst that we've probably dealt with is, let's, let's talk about my tattoos. I'm, I'm extremely covered, uh, so is Tracy. And the problems that we run into out here is that People, it's not so much that they're not accepting, it's that the people that are accepting of it, they're a little, they, they cross a lot of boundaries. So they overstep a lot of lines, want to pull your arm, touch you, grab this, grab that, maybe ask them in a oh, wow. You know what I mean? So, really? we actually, yeah, there, there's a story for you. Me and Tracy were at dinner at Shatters, I believe, in Midland one night. And the waitress came by and was asking questions about our tattoos. And it's not just, I just love them. And it's, you know, they look great and I'm so fascinated by them. And she proceeded to grab my arm and lift it up at the table while I'm eating dinner. And just, she's swinging it around and looking at it and she's twisting it. And oh, I'm like, what? I'm in shock. I'm like, this bitch really is grabbing my arm right now. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I don't know what came over Tracy, but you could tell by look on her face, like whatever waitressing job this lady is about to have, it was about to be six feet under. So um but people we don't both have done understand that. like the people don't understand personal space that's not cool no 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 people um, have touched tracy before oh yeah yeah she she's had she's had those situations where people will, will poke at her tattoos or grab at them and and we've i guess that we've kind of struggled in that we really didn't deal with that in in bigger cities like san antonio we probably yeah. didn't really have exclusive and wonderful stories there but rodessa texas you know, we are, we are the one-tenth of a one percent out here. We are very much uh, a unique creature. So when we're in public, we get a lot of stares. Um, the most interesting one we've ever had for me was I was working at Home Depot, and I was a manager at the time, human resources manager, actually. And a That's scary home, right there. I'm telling you. Super scary. Oh, my God. You can't even begin to believe that. So... We'll get into that a whole nother episode. That's a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Um, but what happened is, is this lady called in. She, I guess she was shopping around the store for most of the day. She called in to the customer care line. And her concern was that she said, there's a tattoo gentleman that is walking through your store. And I feel very uncomfortable because it looks like he's looking for children. This, that, and I'm afraid that, you know, he might take my child and rape her. What? So, of course, Home Depot had to dig into this. They're like, oh my God. So they dig into it, and lo and behold, they find out I'm the person she's talking about. Um, so, I, the, you know, customer care reached out to me and said, um, we're going to let you handle this. 
because they ha it has to go to HR. You can't send it anywhere else but to human resources. I mean, who's it going to go to? But the guy you don't like. And this woman went to great detail on this phone call, how concerned she was for a child. I was like, I don't understand. I was like, what did he do? What is it the gentleman with the tattoos did that left you so good? She goes, he just, he was just walking around flaunting off this disgusting skin. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, and then what did he do? And she said, he's just walking around, just praying on children. I, she goes, he was just drooling, looking at him. I was like, the monster. Oh my gosh. And she, I said, would you like to come in and discuss what happened, ma'am? I said, that seems like something we should we should talk in person. We really don't want you to be in a situation where you feel that uncomfortable in our stores. I said, that's not something Home Depot wants. I was like, we really are upset that this could happen to you. So she came in. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have been a fly on the wall when she walked in and saw you. And then she left, right? <laughs> nope. Nope. It's going to get better. So she stayed. She comes in. The store manager leads her back to my office. She comes in. She sits on top. I have long sleeve shirts on. And I have, at this point, Tracy has now covered the one on my face up. So you can't see that I have any tattoos. And we go in great length, discuss it. And she says, you know, she goes, I just don't understand why. You know, she goes, and he had an apron on. He goes, he obviously works for y'all. She goes, I just, I wasn't aware that Home Depot dealt in felons. <gasps> and so... I was like, you know, I said, to be honest with you, ma'am, I said, we actually don't. I said, I'm the human resources manager. And I said, we don't tolerate that at all. I said, we actually go through an extensive background check. And I said, now, that's not to say we would never hire a felon, ma'am. I said, but we go through a process and it's rigorous. And I said, however, I said, I'm confused as to though, what exactly is it that this man did that led you to make the phone call? I said, you still haven't given me anything as to what he did in the store. And she said, well, Look how he was acting. Look what he looks like. So then I proceeded to pull up my sleeve. I said, ma'am, I said, look, let's get one thing straight. I was like, the gentleman in question, in question was me. And I said, we've already had this talk. And long story short, the reason they had her come up there is because they, the human resources divisional people had her apologize. Really? That's wow. what my question was going to be. Is, did she apologize? What, what was her reaction when she found out it was actually you? She wanted to leave. Oh, I bet. And she was she was going to leave, but to have, and it's not that we were holding her against her will. It's the door was open. This was very casual conversation, but she was in she was in a formal meeting room. So, you know, we had other people in the room, the store manager in the room, and these were the people who announced her, ma'am. You know, if, if this is the way it's going to be, we're going to ask you to not shop in our location. So wow, and that's well, good for the, them for taking up for you. You know, what Home I mean? Depot's a good company for that. They are they're very good with their people. Um, actually, I take that back. They had a little decade spit where they weren't, but. That yeah. was a very bad CEO. Yeah. Well, so now she's a Lowe's customer, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm saying it's funny. Imagine how much funnier it was to go to the only Lowe's in town and see me working there. I, yeah. Oh, oh wow. That was really for both of these retail companies. I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. I don't understand people's mentality. I had not a story anywhere near like that. But we went to um, San Francisco for a business trip of Jeff's a few years back. And um, it was a formal dinner and there, it was like a, uh, there was a, um, like a, a, like a theater show. It was like a dinner theater. Like there's a show going on while you eat actors acting out, whatever. Oh yeah. But yeah. it was, it was the setting of the uh, play was mm -hmm. what? Like the 19, early 1900s or something like that. Okay. Keep that in mind. So okay. we're sitting at this round table. There's all the, we're, we're all dressed up and I have tattoos showing. 
And the table that we were at were mostly older people. And <laughs> well, but that was great. Well, yeah, there was this one particular, she kept staring at me. Oh yeah. Like staring a hole through me and like disgust. Cause I had a sleeveless dress on. So I have like a half, so I mean, you could verbal, I mean, you could visually see whatever. Mm. So she kept staring, I can't stay right. Well, there was a point in the show, whatever, there was a break and everybody was chit chatting and talking at the table. She went around and spoke to every single person at that table, asked them a question about themselves, except she skipped me. She skipped over me. Including me. Entirely. <laughs> and she's just glaring. Well, anyway, the, the play goes on and there's this lady in the play who's dressed in this Victorian gown. But anyway, she bends over and the whole back of her dress is out and she has a tattoo on her back. And the lady goes, oh, I am so sure that in the early 1900s, they did not have those tattoos. And she looked at me. I mean, and Jeff was like holding me under the table. He's like, because he knows how I can get. I can get real, like real heated. And he's like, Pat, me, it's okay, it's okay. Well, anyway, she was nasty, but the lady next to me, she leaned over, she was like, honey, I actually think they're very beautiful. It was really cute. So there was an older lady that thought they were beautiful, but then there was another one that like totally judged me. And the lady wasn't, me. the lady that was judging you wasn't the oldest lady. No, she wasn't actually. That's the weird thing. But so I just don't understand. She's a snooty, snotty. I, I don't understand why people put tattoos with, like you said, like felons or people who are right. not great. I don't know. Well, this is always my funnest thing to talk about when it comes to tattoos is and i this is one of the things that probably frustrates the world when it comes to me and tracy because we're both very bad about this in this aspect if if you are going to talk to me about something if you're going to give me your opinion on something i'm look i'm all i'm always going to be the person to give you your first five ten minutes i don't want to judge i don't want to be in a position where i'm not giving you your fair shake but you please need to understand that anything that comes out of your mouth is fair game. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand. I don't think people take that into consideration of whatever comes out of your mouth. It's fair game for me to take in any way, consideration, form, perception, any way I want to take it. So you need to be weary of what you're putting out there. So for example, um, Tracy's been in situations where people have tried to not necessarily be rude with her about her tattoos, but have been rude with her in different situations. And Tracy will own exactly everything about herself. And that frustrates the people that come in contact with her because, and I'm, I'm the same way is I'm very willing to let you tell me whatever it is you have to tell me. It's not, I'm not saying that words don't hurt, but they don't hurt me enough that I can't retaliate. What I have to say is going to hurt a whole lot worse than what you're going to say to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that humanity is, they've kind of drawn away from and, and it's frustrating, not frustrating, but it's, it's actually, it's kind of sad and disheartening because um, like tattoos, let's, let's say like to stick with what you're saying is the criminal aspect to it. So many people say, oh, you know, that's tied to felon. Well, I've got news for you. You should have done a lot more research because you can't get color in prison. Right, that's a good you point. Can only, you can only get black and gray in prison or Kool-Aid packets. And I don't know why people seem to think that you can get this fantastic $2,700 arm piece and, and sleeve piece in prison. That's not gonna happen. No. Right, you know? I, I, yeah. I, but, and that's, the, that's, a, that's a big piece of why I, I, I'm doing the TikToks and what, what I've tried to push in my leadership is the stigma behind tattoos has gotten so bad that people are using it as a judgment crutch. You know what I mean? Because we, mm -hmm. can, we can argue about anything else, race, any other prejudice you want. But when it comes to tattoos, it seems like the whole world wants to be on the same level. Either half of it says we're okay with it, the other half says we, it's a complete abomination and we're against it. So mm -hmm. having that kind of black and white in the tattoo world doesn't give you a whole lot of wiggle room to have balance and that's what i want to create oh, yeah so 
Yeah. You know, that's like there's a that's there's, thing in the, 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 ahead, just anytime, anytime the, the, the group of people that see anything that's I'm different listening. than they are. Yeah. Yes, well, absolutely. And two, I think that I know my dad said something once. He said, you know, I, st- I, I got my, my first tattoo when I was well into my 30s. Um, she actually rode me when I got my first tattoo about how permanent it was. I, yeah. We were younger. And I got one on my back and she didn't, she wasn't hard on me, but she, and she didn't tell me not to do it, but she was like, are you really, I could never do that. I could never get something that's going to be permanent. I don't know if I don't want to change it. And now I can't get one because I can't keep up. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's always getting them. She's got a dozen. I mean, she, Right. But when I first started getting them, like I got one, it was, everything was fine with my family, two, three, four. What about the fifth one? My dad was like, Angie, he was giving me a hard time about it. He was like, I honestly really don't like your tattoos. And I was like, well, dad, I honestly really don't like that you're obese and you're killing yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My tattoos aren't going to kill me. Your obesity is going to kill you, dad. So now what? He hasn't said a word since. So if you want to judge someone by something, you know, maybe I don't like your short hair. Maybe I don't like that you have a beard. You know what I mean? Like why? That's what it is to me. It's like somebody having a beard or somebody having just a mustache or somebody having a ponytail, a guy having a ponytail or a girl having, it just, it's just, it's you. And why people want to judge you being you is way beyond me, you know, but anyway. No, you're absolutely right. And something that, that, that me and Trace were talking about the other day, and something that, that's true, that's very dear to me is I'm not necessarily saying all my tattoos mean something because they don't. I've known some great artists over the years. I've, you know, we have quite a few friends who own shops and who are in the business that we, that we love that tattoo us. And they just, you know, whatever beautiful art piece they come up with, it's interesting just to share their art. However, that's not to say that my, me having tattoos is not an expression of who and what I am. And right. um, like for me, I suffer from PTSD and anxiety and stuff like that. So you know, my tattoos were always my outlet, you know, because I needed to experience the pain. I needed to relish in some of these moments and I had to go through this wear on my body because it, it brought me some peace. So yeah. when people, damn, killer, calm down. It's just, it's just a door. It's just a door. <laughs> same, our dog does the same thing. <laughs> Good Lord, he is upset, buddy. It was just a knock at the door. Just my son came home. Good, good God. Our dog the same way. He sounds exactly like he looked on the TikTok. It, no, that's the other one. This one, this is a mean one. Oh, this is a mean this one. one. Yes, I had I haven't done a TikTok of this one, but I will. This one is my wife's grandfather's dog, and he passed away a year ago. And so we've kind of taken responsibility for him. And he loves me and her and everybody else, but he is not happy with anybody else that comes to this house. My mom has so, a dog like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but sorry, back to what I was saying. Um, my tattoos were, have always been, you know, an expression of me. So when people want to judge your tattoos, it's not even so much that I'm worried about what you're judging the tattoos. I'm concerned that you're now judging me because this is an expression of what and who I am. So you, you don't have a problem with my tattoos. You have a problem with me. So if you have a problem with me, that's probably what we should be discussing. We should be discussing why I made the decision to get them and how you don't agree with my ideology. We shouldn't be discussing what they look like. We should be discussing how you have such a problem with them. Right, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. 
So I totally agree. I think sometimes they don't even know why they have a problem with it. I think sometimes the beliefs that are built into us um, in our environments that, you know, like you said, similar to me, you grew up, you're going to be a pastor, right? So you have right. these built-in judgments. You have these built-in standards. Yes. And I don't know if standards is a good word because we say things are values and standards, which really there's nothing wrong with something outside of those necessarily, but we Everybody. still put people outside of the boundary so we can feel better and more righteous. Than Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. So and I think if you dig into some of those people and say, well, what's the problem you have with me? You haven't even got to know me yet. I think that it might even break them down and go, you know what? Because I could say at one point in my life, I was probably that way. Not necessarily about tattoos, Mm -hmm. but about some other things that I would, I would be disgusted with myself at this stage of life. Sure. That's fair. You know, and I think we all probably suffer from that to an extent, you know, whatever we, whatever, you know, we grew up around and things we understood, you know, um, well, here, here's a good example. Um, you know, I didn't grow up in a very common childhood. So my, my outlook on the world was very different, and unique. So, you know, and like that, I probably judged people from a whole different spectrum. I probably judged people for the good in their life as opposed to the bad. And that's something hard I had to learn about myself because I, through life, when I suffered, I naturally just took that on as everybody suffered. This was no different. Every human being suffered. And when people didn't, you know, I would begin to judge them for that. It didn't make sense that your life seemed so fine when mine would see, always seem so bad. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, it took me a long time. And actually, I'm going to be honest with you. It's taken, you know, it's, it, that really is an ideology of mine that hasn't changed up until like the past six weeks. And that was when um i kind of took grip of self-healing and stuff like that and had to start to understand that maybe it's you know that i was being that i was judging other people for that nature um, yeah. so that's that is a struggle i deal in too so you know being able to sit from the other side of the world it's nice because then you know i'm sure there are people out there who probably do judge and it's it's not necessarily i don't feel like a, a jealous trait i think that people probably just don't understand why so many people could not suffer when maybe that's all they come from so yeah that's a good point yeah. That's really good. Um, not to change the subject, but somebody on my <laughs> live told me to ask you. Uh, I guess she's you probably know her, Destiny 2. Yes. She told me to ask you about ghost hunting because you really like that. Yes. Oh, I, did not, I did not know this about you. I don't okay. know. I mean, no, you know you, but. Okay. Let's, now, this, now I'm going to get passionate. Now it's time to get excited. All right, go. <clears throat> you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. So. Let's start with this story, and it's going to lead into why I dig this stuff. Okay. So when I was 10 years old, I stayed at an overnight sleepover at a friend's house. They lived out in the country. They, they weren't Amish, but they lived more of the Amish guidelines and means, I guess, or religious beliefs. They buried everybody on site. Okay? Everybody. Whole family. When we stayed there, a, their grandmother had passed away. So they, they did everything. They embalmed her, put her in a casket, everything. We were playing truth or dare. The dare was I had to go climb in this casket with this dead body. Uh-uh. So I no. did it. What? Jeff. <laughs> I slept there until 8 o'clock the next morning. With a dead body? With a dead body. Uh-uh. Yes, I did. What in the world? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Like I said, well, without going into detail, it was scarier in my life than it was in that that being in that casket with that body. So I was fine, and I didn't realize how uh, I was because I kind of just 
was in darkness and I drifted off, I guess, and fell asleep. And as wow. creepy as that is, it it drove me to be an adrenaline junkie for fear. I After that, I did everything to push the bounds of fear. And I mean everything. If there was a cliff you could jump off of, they'd be like, hey, man, you want to jump off that? And by that time you said it, I was already jumping. So I was, I was not the guy that was going to wait to be the guy who didn't live his life. So I would go do it. You know, anything, fast cars, um, nothing. Comically enough, I never got into recreational drugs. I never smoked. I never did anything like that. My passion and my, my addiction was, it was fear. And it always has been. Um, and it still is to this day. I have, the last time I was truly, truly scared, and this is sick, but it's, it's a real story. The last time I was really scared, we were living in Midland and I was eight. And my dad jumped off the roof of our house with a butcher's knife and held it to my throat and said, and like he was going to kill me. And then laughed and went inside. Oh my, I, I don't mean to laugh, but I was trash. I was taking out the trash. You're being a good kid. A great kid. So Who he was just that? joking. He was just joking with you? Oh, yeah, he was just kidding. He was just joking. That's where you get your sense of humor. I guess. Did he give you a hug later until he loved no. you? No. That man went to the grave like that. Nope. Oh, my gosh. That's a traumatizing. I don't mean to laugh that. That's traumatizing. Oh, no, it's trauma oh look. It's traumatizing. You wonder why I'm yeah, laughing. That's why. PTSD, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anxiety, so, maybe. So Yeah, exactly. So a little jumpy. <laughs> yeah, all the time. So that's – I just wanted to be scared. And so we watch – Every kind of horror movie there is to watch. I watch, and my and Tracy's into this too. Tracy loves pushing the, the limits of this. She now don't get me wrong. She she'll get to a point where she'll scare herself, sure, but but she'll go the distance with me. She'll let me have the fun and trying to push the bounds of it. And so ghost hunting. I want to go. I want to use TikTok, and I want this to become something big enough that I can go out and I want my followers to tell me the scariest place in their town, and I want to go find it. I'll go stay there overnight. We, we got a place for you. That's amazing. I want to go, and I want to be a part of whatever it is in your town that everybody in town says, you can't go there because somebody's going to die. Well, Where guess who's going? That would be me. Sign me up. I'll go. We got the oldest. I'm, I'm trying to remember where it is and what it's called. It's the oldest. Um, I think asylum? it was a, insane asylum. I think it's the last one, and they're just where they buried a bunch of people there. And they, and and you can go there on around Halloween and stay the night. Yeah, but it's yeah, a challenge. Down. It's one of those I'm things. Down. But no, but nobody ever. I don't know if anybody ever has made it know. through the night. I'll go. I'll do, that I'll do my live that night. I'll I'm not going with you. I'll do a 24-hour stream of the whole thing. I wish I knew the name. I can't, I can't remember, remember the it, name but, of it. But, but I, yes, it's uh, it's Weston. Yes, I'm write it down. It's what? Weston, West Virginia. Weston, yes, West right. Virginia. Okay. Okay. Asylum. Look up the details. But there's there's a lot of spots around here like that. So uh, there's actually one here in Texas in Mineral Wells. And it's an abandoned hotel, and it's exciting because they do tours of it. And it's the third most haunted place in America, they say, allegedly. But the reason I want to go is the story that they don't tell you about it is the story is alleged, you know, people were suicidal and there were haunts there before. The real story is, however, 
the owner's daughter went and hacked up about 53 people in there and nobody ever proved it. So the reality of this, the, the alleged, allegedly she hacked these people up and they still haunt it. So I'm trying to go spend the night. Wow. <laughs> He's Here's crazy. The, he is crazy. Here's the funny thing though. So like I can't even go to haunted houses. Like I low key kind of like them, but at the same time I don't. So we go to King's Island Halloween haunt, which you're probably thinking that's cartoon land for you. But for me, it's really scary. And we go into these haunted houses and I know in my head that if I just keep my big mouth shut, they're not going to bother me because I'm not fun. Right. right. That girl's not scared. That's not fun. Right. No. Here I am going, oh my God, oh my God. And so they're so of course they're like drawn to me to scare me even more. And that stuff scares me. I can't imagine going into a haunted, like an actual like haunted place. No, yeah. no I'm out. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not about that life. Does it I've yeah. got a question because here's the thing with me okay. and these haunted shows. Do those do those bother you? I mean, because they never get any. It's never, it's so obvious. It bothers me Everyone so bad. Ever, I'm like, you guys make people <laughs> believe that there is no way there's ghosts. Like, if I, the ones I've watched, I'm like, this is a joke. Every time it's so clear that they're, this is produced, there's nothing to it. It's like, I mean, I don't know if I've seen all of them, though. I mean, there's probably some stuff that's not mainstream that's really good. It's kind of disheartening, really, because like Tracy and the kids, used to watch ghost hunters that was kind of their thing at night you know my older three that was their deal you know is they they watch a lot of ghost hunters even she watched that with my younger ones and they all they all love doing that with her but it's it just wasn't scary you know and it was more for the drama and they really watched it for the drama they they you know oh my god somebody scratched me no they didn't you scratch yourself with a pitchfork before you walked in there well, i saw you so it's um it's kind of disheartening because look you know they're faking it and look, I grew up watching WWE, man. I know I can spot the fake show when it's there. So come on, man. So yeah, it's you can't very get it past us. I want, I want to see. Okay, this is kind of sickening, but I prefer seeing the chaos, not because, not because I think it's a good thing, but I prefer seeing the chaos because sometimes I feel the chaos is necessary to reset people's mentality. I think people kind of get settled in their ideas that nothing can happen. Well, when the chaos hits, look at the toilet paper pandemic, right? Everybody's like, oh, my God, I need toilet paper. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the coronavirus doesn't give a shit about your ass. Yeah. It cares about your yeah. life. Yeah. That's right. So, well, now yeah. that your, your post makes sense, the, uh, the, 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 ple- the car chases. I know. The people all gathered up like two feet apart in dozens of people. It's just the drama of crazy oh, stuff. I'm telling you, in the, in the, yeah, it's it's so intriguing to see how people are. So, I, look, I'm I know people are panicking right now. I'm having the time of my life. Yeah, I'm yeah, I don't. Blast. I'm I'm doing all right. I'm we're having a good time. I mean, I'm I hate it. I hate it that's going on, but I mean, I'm it's given us a chance to do like this, like yeah, and and like you said, TikTok, it's like an escape. But it's like with a group of people. It's like, yeah. to me, it's, and, and I don't know, like, people listen to live, you, like, to me, it's almost reminds me a little bit of a virtual, like, being back at college virtually. Like, you got all these Makes people sense. that you just met that you didn't know from all these different places that come to one place, and you get to learn things about people, and you get to watch them. It's just kind of like this new thing with these new friends. Right. 
that you keep it rediscovered. And it's great. This is great because like you guys doing your podcast and stuff, this is something that like Tracy's tried to push me to a podcast for years. She's tried to push me to YouTube channels. And this is, this was long before I got on TikTok. And, you know, it was really Tracy being on TikTok and it was kind of funny. And I thought, you know, I'll just watch for funny videos. And then I started making them. And when they kind of took off a little bit, it, you know, I just thought, oh, maybe I'll make a few more like uh, the carnival one. The breaking news carnival one now is, you know, it's, it's running. I'm waiting for it to see if it'll hit a million yet. But it's getting there, you know, it's at 710,000. It's, and that's nice. That's something enjoyable for me because I've never created content where that many people have been entertained by it. And so it's fun. It's fun. You know, exactly. Uh, TikTok, I feel like is the best platform really out there. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, why do you go live on TikTok all the time and not Instagram? Like, cause Instagram, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I post big into Instagram as well for my, um, for the industry that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, also with Facebook, why do you not go live on Facebook? Because the, the platform is not there. If right. for some reason I've tried to go live on Instagram before and it just doesn't work. There's something about TikTok. The platform is huge. Right. I reach more people on TikTok than I ever thought about on Instagram. And then they come to your Instagram. And then they come to the Instagram, right? So I feel like you start at TikTok, get your followers there, direct them to your other social media platforms if you're trying to help people or whatever it is you're trying to do and do it that way. But I agree with you. TikTok is uh, is where you really need to be. It's funny you say that because I did the same thing. I was, I, they talked, her and my girls talked me into opening one. I was like, I'll watch some. And I made one goofing off and it was just really her, my first one. It was just her. Right. I made one of her and played this song. Then I made another one being stupid. And I made another, my fourth one, like in my first one got to like 19,000 views. And I was like, cause I'm used to Instagram. So right. I was like, this is freaking amazing. 19,000 right. views. I didn't know people were getting millions of views. And then my fourth one in like four days goes past a million. Nice. And I was done. It was over. It's like yeah, now like, I'm in it to win it now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, can I do this again? You know? But then yeah. the mean people come out. And I know you, I feel like your personality can totally handle the mean people. Jeff can handle the mean people. I can't handle the mean people. They get it. under my skin. Look, Jeff, you're my spirit animal on that. And I'm going to tell you what, and this is what makes, and honestly, I think this is what makes me and Tracy's always so dangerous with people and that it, it, it always causes such a big concern is when I, okay, I'm not going to come after you, give you my opinion at all. I'm going to let you do everything first. I'm, that's who I am. I'm going to let you, I'm going to sit back and see, I'm going to see it all. I'm a reader. Counter puncher. That's right. I'm, I'm not going to let you hit me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to see I'm going to cover my ass. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch you do your thing. And once you do your thing, I'm going to let you attack me. Like, for example, I had a, one of the videos I posted that went, that, that's, that's gone viral. It's, it's not gotten viral yet. It's almost 600,000 is I put up a video about the stimulus check, just a joke in front of the rim shop. And someone got on there and said, you know, this is very racist what you did. And that's when I jumped on there and I have a video comment of it, you guys can see. And I broke this down very simple. I was like, no, sir, you got on my video. I posted something funny in front of a wheel shop because we're in a pandemic lockdown. The fact that you just said it was racist shows your racism and you have now made my page racist, sir. You better go back and check yourself so you're not gonna you're not gonna be this way in the world, and that's that's what makes and okay in, in Tracy's world that's what makes her like Tracy does hair. She's a hairstylist. You know she's been doing it for you know 15 probably actually I think longer than 15 years. She's great at it, and she gets to sit in a chair and have people you know 
confess their deepest, darkest thing. And that is something I don't think they're prepared for because when they confide in her to tell her these things, I think that some of these people think that because they're paying her, that means that they can now turn around and either be ugly or be judgmental and this, that. And then Tracy puts them in their place very quick. Like, no, 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 wait a second. Whose fucking chair did you come sit in today? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Why don't you go take your, matter of fact, let me chop this half off so you need a good haircut. <laughs> and she's always been very good about that. And that's probably what makes us, you know, that is what makes us likable and unlikable at the same time is yeah. we want to be your friend. We are very giving. We will give you the shirt off our own back. We actually live in our means very minimally because we help and enjoy so many people. We help, we help as much as possible because, you know, money's just an object. I mean, look at what's happened to the world now. You know, when the currency breaks, it breaks. Um, yeah. I've, always built, I've always built my life on not having the money, building the skill. So um, yeah. I like to call myself a zenial renaissance man. A zenial. <laughs> I like it. Um, That's- but I'm going with that. I've... I've always developed myself. It's, you know, self-development's fun, you know, and that's, I think that's the hard thing for people to deal with when it comes to me and hers is we self-develop so often that if people try to hit us with bullshit, I'm like, you know, that's bullshit, right? No, don't worry. I'll wait for you to keep telling me because I'm going to get my phone out and show you facts-wise why it's bullshit and you're going to get real mad at me and you're going to blame me and I'm going to be the villain. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. I love villains. I love Megamind. He became a hero anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I wish I had mentality like that sometimes. I mean, I do to an extent, but I don't, I do yeah. let people get to me a little bit more. Okay. Last thing I want to ask you, but because we don't want to keep you too long, but it, it, sure. it, apparently you're famous for a prank that you did. Are you comfortable sharing this prank? Cause they're asking me on my live feed. So okay. what's that prank? What's the prank? But only if you're comfortable. I think you okay, are. Cause I'm you share it on your live. Okay. You've slept with a dead body <laughs> in a casket as a child. And I look, Jeff, and that's where my PTSD gets to roll down onto my children in this story. Okay. <laughs> Singly, my proudest moment as a father, hands down. If I would have had a video camera, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. <laughs> so my oldest three are Nate, Tyler, and Kobe. And they were the sweetest kids you ever met. And... I had a friend who tattooed at the time and we came up with this gimmick that we were going to drag up an old urban legend, the Kikui, because I'm Mexican and it's a story that we've all heard as a kid and we've always told our kids. So we came together with a pretty damn good idea. We got this gorilla costume and a hundred dollars worth of fake movie blood and we planned this thing down to the ground. So here's what happens. Once upon a time, my kids were eating dinner late at night and they wanted some chocolate cake. Me and Tracy, having already set this prank up, went to the bedroom and laid down and said, sure, but don't turn the lights on, just have it right there on the, at the kitchen table. They said, okay. Kitchen table's by the front, is, is by one of the bay windows. Bay windows open. Kids are eating chocolate cake. Friend sticks his gorilla hand in there, starts clawing at the table. My five-year-old loses his mind. If Jesse Owens had a gold medal right then, Kobe would have won it. <laughs> Kobe makes it a – he comes from our doorway in our bedroom, and he jumps. I'm talking about he, he long jumps a good six and a half, seven feet, makes it off the floor up to the high level of the bed, makes it in there with Tracy, freaking out. I decide I'll go check it out and see what's going on. Let's see what's up. I know he's outside. 
I'll, hold on, give me a second. Um, I know Tyler. I, I know everything's going on. So I know my friends outside. So I go to the back door. And when I get to the back door, the plan is, is they're going to pull me out. So he gets way too aggressive and like yanks the shit out of me. And I'd like hit my face in the door almost. So he pulls me out and he slams the door shut and he starts hitting the wall like I'm being attacked. At this point, I am now tearing my shirt up, throwing red movie blood all over me. <laughs> he is, he's now got scissors and like he's cutting me to make it real. I'm like, dude, you're cutting me awfully deep. Like this doesn't have to be that believable. Damn. Oh so, my God. This is what happens. I bust back in the back door like I've been attacked and I've got a golf club and I'm like, I'm breathing hard. I'm like, oh my God, something got me. The kids are panicking. What was it? And I said, call Oliver. Let's see what's going on. Of course, Oliver's outside with his family already waiting in the car. They give it a few minutes. They pull up. Everybody comes inside. We're now talking about everything going on. You know, this is crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you believe what happened? No. Can you? No. So we're not chopping it up with our kids and our kids are like my oldest one's like oh my god it was the craziest thing and i'm like we should go look for it yeah let's go look for it so we leave everybody at the house we leave his wife his daughter my three boys and my wife are all at our house me and him leave we go half a block up i'm now switching into the costume he goes back to the house with my torn open shirt and pitches them the story that we tried to get it it has now grabbed me and dragged me off into this chicken field and has murdered me. And he is selling it so well. Like, I, my kids are crying because he has a whole bloody shirt. Oh, my God. And I'm, Tracy has now left the back door open for me to come in the back. We kill the power to the house. Oh. In the, oh, yeah, Jeff. We kill the power to the house, baby. So oh, your wife bought into this. Oh my God. It's you're not even, at the, we're not even the peak. We're not even the peak, Jeff. <laughs> so I now come into the back door. I'm slowly creeping in the back door, right? Making a little noise. Everybody kind of noticed me, but they're not really scared because they don't know what's going on. They're concerned. Tracy completely fucking forgets for a minute that this is a prank. Darts to the back bathroom. My kids are chasing her, screaming bloody murder letter, and she won't let the kids in. My five-year-old, my five-year-old is, before he gets in the bathroom, before he can make his way actually into the bedroom to go, she palms him like she is passing the ball to Kobe. He's like, ah, you ain't going nowhere. He falls down. She goes in the bathroom. They're beating the hell out of this door trying to get in as I'm pretending to chase them. They all finally make it in the bathroom. Okay. I'm scratching the door, this snap. My friend comes out. He pretends to hit me with a bat like he scared me off. I run out the front door. I go run behind the house. I take the outfit off, and now I'm just in my underwear, and I've got blood and scratches all over me. I, I, hide, I hide the stuff, and I run back up front, and now I crawl up the stairs of our house into the house, crawling around bleeding, pretending I'm bleeding, and make it look like I have now survived this brutal attack. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, and it's going to get better. So then, this is what happens. I go back inside. My kids are hugging me for dear life. Oh. They decide, I decide, we got to go to the hospital. My friend goes, yeah, we got to get your dad to the hospital. My oldest one's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's this wee shit? I'm going to the hospital. You have to stay here and protect your mom and the family. He's like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> and I was like, look, dude, you need to be the man of the house right now. I've got to depend on you. I was like, can you do that? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I can do that. Okay, thank you. So wrong. So we leave. Me and my friend leave. Him and his wife, his daughter, me and him, we all leave. They're back. We all go back to their house. They're right up the block. They're right up the street. And I'm now getting cleaned up. My son calls. He's like, so uh, what's up? How's the hospital going? Where you at? And I'm like, dude, I, I just left. I'm not even at the hospital yet. And I've sold this so well that he believes this thing is still out in the front yard. Oh, my gosh. So he is on the phone. Like, I can hear him shaking. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, it's out front. I can see the car running across the front lawn. <laughs> and in my head, look, I'm, it's taking everything in my body to not lose my shit, okay? And I'm like, what is the problem? I said, like, Nate, you have got to man up. Just be the man. He's like, okay, I can do it. No, I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. <laughs> He's like, it's everything. He goes, oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to throw up. Oh. Oh, oh, man. How did you hold it together? I would have so cracked. So... I'm dying. I get back to the house. I'm not done yet. Oh my gosh. We get back to the house. I get back to the house. They drop me off. Now, now, you know, even for me, the adrenaline's come down, the spike. I'm, I'm, I'm even crashing. I'm hard. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I go to bed. So I'm sitting down playing guitar here for a little bit. No, I'm playing Need for Speed in the living room floor. Oh. And Nate comes and sits right next to me. He goes, hey, can I uh, just chill right here for a minute? Yeah, man, whatever. Go ahead. We're just going to, you know, I'm going to play some games. I'm going to go to bed, but then you need to go to bed. Yeah, okay. So I go to bed, he goes, I see he was a little reluctant, he don't want to go to bed, so he goes to bed. I get up about an hour later to go to the bathroom, and I go, you know, you know, you've been there, Jeff, in the bathroom, wash, give me a little drink, maybe a little snack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the time I hit the refrigerator, Nate's in the foyer, front, lo front foyer light on, in his underwear, looking outside for this monster. <laughs> Did I tell him it was a joke? No. No. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Day two rolls around. I day work. Two? Oh, yeah, Jeff. Day two, baby. Day <laughs> two rolls around. I am working for Journeys as a, as a store manager at the time. My assistant manager couldn't have done anything life better than what he did right now. So Marcel looks at me, and we're talking about this whole ordeal before my kids and wife ever show up. And... To set, this, to set this up, we actually lived across the street from a gentleman who raised chickens, so his whole field was full of them, right? Mar Nate comes in the store to see me. Marcel begins to tell the story that, like, hey, John, did you see this ridiculous, crazy thing that happened in the news? It's like monstrous thing was destroying neighborhoods and ramp rampaging people's houses. He goes, it destroyed a some guy's whole chicken field. Nate turns white. Oh. Turns to Marcel and says, that was our house. That was uh -uh. us. Uh-uh. Marcel had no idea what he had just set himself up for. Did I tell him it was a joke? Not yet. No. <laughs> week one and week two have now rolled around. Oh, my God. it's not a joke. It would. Listen, guys. This joke would still be going today had I not messed myself, okay? No. Want to know how I got caught? Yes, please. I said, Nate, would you mind taking the trash out for me, son, please, Bubba? Yeah, sure, no problem. Nate's taking out the trash. From outside, I shit you not, I had to give him credit on this, and I can't be mad. From outside, I hear, 
what the fuck is this? <laughs> I left the costume behind the house and never went back for it. You didn't cover your tracks all the way. Oh my gosh. I've never seen a child more upset than when Nate was upset when he brought me that fucking suit, okay? Uh-uh. He's so pissed. Wait, how old was he at this time? I think Nate was 12, 11, no, 12, 12. Nate was 12. Oh, oh God. Right <laughs> preteen, <laughs> baby. Ruined all that preteen. If you thought about dating a girl at 13, 14, forget that. You're way too obscure now. Oh. We have a 12-year-old boy. It would destroy him. He would not be able to survive. I don't know how he made it. Oh, my gosh. So to this day, do they hold it against you or, is, or oh, they, yeah. they, they yeah. laugh about it now? No, they don't laugh about it. They don't even like hearing the story. <laughs> look, look, guys, I'm an asshole. This is a Thanksgiving holiday, Easter, somebody's birthday, Jesus's birthday, grandma's birthday, papa's birthday, the homeless guy down the street's birthday. Everybody's getting the story. <laughs> I can't believe you are a... You're savage. You're, you no, you're on another level. If you can hold, I thought a couple oh, of no. days was insane. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh. You want to talk about savage? Oh. Okay, let's talk about savage. I'm not savage. Okay. I'm not savage. Tracy is savage. All right. So you guys compete with this stuff, which is extremely dangerous. We don't, but that thing is, we're not competing. This happens naturally. And I don't know at what point we put a blackboard up to keep score, but somewhere around 2014, I guess it happened. How did God let you guys find each other? <laughs> He's got a very good sense of humor. <laughs> because, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, because I think I'm savage by doing it. Okay. Do you know how savage you have to be to palm the child when you know it's a joke and go and then abandon him? A bad your five-year-old baby who I know you love and you, you don't want it. You left him. If this was a zombie apocalypse, he's gone, baby. He's out. That is hysterical. <laughs> I could picture this idea, and she might laugh during it, but she could never survive. Oh, I would never survive. Eight minutes in, she would crack. She'd be like, no, they're crying. They're, like, freaking out. No, we can't. We can't. I, I oh, would be God. the worst person to do a practical joke with, kind of. I mean, depending on what it was. Because I just, when somebody starts to get worried, or like, what? The other night on my live, I was by myself, and usually uh -huh. Jeff's with me. And somebody was like, where's Jeff? I was like, he left me. And I forgot to go back and like correct myself. And they thought for the longest, and if I would have known they really thought that I would have cracked, I couldn't just go with it. I don't know how you did it. That is so funny. It, it took a lot. I'm not going to lie. You know? Oh my gosh. It's legendary as what far is, as I'm it concerned. Was it, was ob it was tough. It's obviously legendary because you told it on your live. People heard it. And, and now people on my live are like, have him tell the prank he did. And they're like, what prank? And then, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a story. It's literally this it cruel. Oh. You, you have now done, you, you have taken your father's gift to you and you've gifted to your children. Yes. And, and oh. they will be so messed up that they will probably not be able to help themselves, but to do it to their children. Actually, I think what's happened is I think I've ruined my older ones so much. They're putting me and Tracy in a home. That's happening for sure. <laughs> 
and they're going to play a prank on you. They'll be like, you're not getting your medicines today. All the nurses but, were laid off and you're going to, you know Exactly. I mean? You think I'm kidding. Nate's going to come in and he's going to pull that plug and say, cuckoo this shit. He's going to yank it. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> That's hysterical. So oh, I don't want to be there. I, you know, I, look, I'm very kind with this child these days. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm very sweet and loving. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still rude as hell a lot of times. I'm probably not melting myself in these matters. But, you know, look, if, you know, if TikTok disappears one day and my account's deleted, I'm not, it didn't get deleted. I died. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you, is, there, is, is there any of your kids out of the three boys that you have that you think really does have that niche to possibly go the, go the, go the, go the long road like you did? I actually have six boys. Oh, you do? Why did I, I thought you said three. I'm sorry. I, no, I did. I said say my three oldest ones. I have three younger ones. I have my kids range, and I'm going to tell you the ages. They go from my youngest one, seven, then nine, then one will be 14, then 19 will be in July, 21, and 24, and I'm 38 Dang. years old. So when this prank happened, you had three boys? Yes. It was my oldest okay. three at the time. Yes. Okay. I got you. And I swear I misunderstood. What are you going to do for the younger three? You're going to leave them out, dude. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get theirs believe me if i if i don't get the if i don't get them the older three was sure that i die in that nursing home okay oh my gosh that's so funny it. that's such a great I guarantee story it. and look guys wow. that that's like one of ten thousand. i mean we we've been doing this to our kids for me and tracy been married for for going on 13 years and we've been doing this to our kids since day one so that's great that's great that y'all are like the same like that though and i wish she could have been here tonight next time we have oh. you on we want oh, her absolutely to Absolutely. Yeah, because you guys have such a good dynamic together. I love listening to your, watching and listening to your lives. And um, if you've got more stories, then this is going to probably be an ongoing thing. Yes, it oh, has to be. Jeff, you could start a podcast on these stories with us, okay? You could do, you could do Scary Time with a Tattooed Congressman and King Hefe, okay? <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yeah. We, may have to, we might have to brand that. We'll still, yeah. We can still post it from our ours but we have to brand these episodes that's great that's we'll a figure great it out we'll, we'll, we'll collab jeff we'll figure it out all right i'm down yeah i'm definitely down but yeah the the haunting thing i'm we're in the works of doing some some stuff on youtube we're going to do a little diy channel so i can help everybody uh, <laughs> with how to build how to reclaim what to look for you know if you want to awesome. um, if you want to cook i love cooking i'll do that too and then uh, more than anything the scary stuff i'm gonna do the youtube scary for sure that's awesome well, we appreciate you coming on here with us tonight. I know you have your own live to get to, and I know you're doing trivia. And I'm proud to say that one of my one of our little people are, are winning your trivia right now. Yeah. I got on your I got on your trivia that. last night. And I'm like, I don't know one, one freaking answer. Not Sarah one. came in like out of nowhere and started firing on people. Like, and then the regular people were there, like, whoa, 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 who the hell is this? And then they started getting real competitive. Like, okay, let's game time. Let's do it. Yeah, she's going to represent. That's, that's what <laughs> happens when the run fam shows up. I yeah, love and it. And that's funny because it's a couple of, a couple of them that aren't very far behind her. So we'll see how it turns out tonight. Keep y'all posted. That's awesome. Well, John, thanks for being with us tonight. And we're definitely going to do it again. Tell Tracy we missed her and we'll, we'll circle back and schedule another one. It was fun, guys. No, thanks y'all for having me. This is I really appreciate. It. This is a blast. Thank y'all. Yeah, Got it, man. You are Thank welcome. you for taking the time. Appreciate Absolutely, you, brother. Awesome. All right, have a good Thanks night, John. Text next time. Have a good night. Okay, you too. All right, brother. That was good.